as Sean kind of told you that this is our first summit for our series called Christ and Culture. And uh, today I'll be covering on the topic of Christ and vocation. Uh, it's the, uh, I have some, well, I have to slide up. But as we get there now, I have to confess this, that uh, I don't feel very want to talk about this. Uh, I, I feel like uh, that the kind of job that I've had, um, I, I don't feel I have significant enough experiences. The, the, the longest experiences I have, as I told some of you guys, is that just working in church, that, that's my main thing. I have a couple of years working in the food industry, a couple of years working in administration, a couple of years in um, some various stuff. But, uh, but it is good, and where I'm going from today is however best I can to draw from scripture how we deal Okay, um, before we, we continue, let's pray. Father, as we come before you, Lord, and just uphold this topic, Lord, I pray, Lord, to speak, Lord, that in your words, whatever you say, Lord, is applicable, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you may be known, Lord, as I pray, Lord, as you speak through me, Lord, may our hearts be open to listen and to learn from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, so I'm going to break it into two things. It's, it's a wide topic. It's such a, a broad topic. There's so many things because many times doing my research and all that, I go into one thing and led to another thing and led to another thing and it's like I, I can't, I can't speak on all in one setting. So I'm going to break it into two. Very simple. Uh, what is work or what is vocation is should, uh, should be and what vocation should not be or isn't. Okay, so I'm going to screen the two. But to start off with, when we think of the word vocation, uh, some of the first thing we think in mind is job, work, career. That's very obvious and very natural default that you think of that. Um, but I will employ you to start to think um, the word vocation, uh, the root word here is vocal. Uh, vocal as in voice, but uh, if you draw it back to Latin roots, the word vocare or vocar, I have no idea how you pronounce that right now. So vocar means call. And so when I say vocation, thank you, that, so I, I can hear my job from right here. When I say vocation, it means calling. What is your calling? Okay, so what is your vocation between what is your calling? And, and when you have call, it becomes very, uh, an entire thing, different thing entirely, where it's not just something I just do, but someone assigned you, and we love to think, and we like to think that God did, as he mentioned in the scripture. So let me start with this. Work isn't, or work shouldn't be. I have five things to point out, okay? This may be new to you. This may not be new at all, and let it be a reminder for you. First thing, work isn't separated by sacred and secular. Okay, let me explain that. It's not separated by sacred and secular. There are two things that people have a misconception of is this. Um, I come to church on Sunday, uh, I prepare my heart, I, I, I pray, I, I think about God, uh, and all that, and we put ourselves in this very spiritual place. But then, Monday to 
Friday or Monday to Saturday, we don't think about that. It's very natural for us to do that. But God doesn't think of it that way. And so therefore, in God's eyes, there's no separation of secular and sacred. It's all sacred. But to be fair, I think we use the word secular and sacred times because define things differently. So let me redefine something to you. So the first point is this, that God doesn't separate that in terms of what we do on a Sunday or whatever days that you, you spend time with church or doing church stuff or with your regular club. The other thing is this. We tend to think like a, a profession such as what I'm doing, a pastor for that matter, or a minister, that job is sacred. Everything else is secular. That's a misconception. All jobs are sacred. If you're called by God, it's sacred. If God puts you to a place, it's sacred. There's no separation. There's no such thing as a pastor has two jobs, does this more differently, it's more spiritual in, in, in a way. And then my job is, I don't know, I'm thinking of the worst part, I don't know if it's the worst part. Let's say uh, a janitor. That, that's sacred too, you know. If God calls you to clean, that's sacred. So the reason why I find that this is important is because it changes your attitude. If I think my job is secular and doesn't mean much uh, compared to some other things, we, we, we may have a view of ourselves as work that we do to be less significant. I don't even think that way, but I know a lot of people do that. We think that way, and so like if, if I all I do is just clean and wash dishes in a restaurant, doesn't seem sacred at all, so I don't put much into it, I don't think much of it, I don't think that God calls me to it, I don't find, some people, I don't find meaning in it, this is just a step to something else. But you could be wasting your time if you think that God calls you to a place, it's sacred, live as best as you can with God. So the two things are, so, so God don't separate sacred and secular. Let me tell you, um, Ephesians 4, we have it on the slide. And he personally gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry. Let me clear. So this is, this is where I understand people get confused. Like pastors, apostles, prophets, all those people seem to be really sacred. But the truth is, it says here, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry. Other versions say to train to do service. What essentially is trying to say is this. All of us are on the same boat. We are just there helping you to do the same thing. I remember when I was in my first year of seminary and uh, uh, going through all these classes and learning all these things, and I thought to myself, my goodness, this is amazing. Everyone should know this. I'm like, why are we not teaching this in church? Why, why are the pastors and, and ministers are the ones learning this? And it just sounds weird to me. Like, man, people are paying pastors to do this. We all should be responsible for our spirituality with God alone. It's not just the, the, the leaders of the church. All of us are. We're just here to help you. Hey, I'm doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing too. So I'm going to help you with this. There's no separation. We're all called to do the same thing. There's the same level of spirituality and sacredness in that. That's the first point. Second point. Your work, your vocation shouldn't define your identity. Uh, lesson of Philippians 3. But everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. 
More than that, I consider everything to be a loss in the view of surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filled so that I may gain Christ. Let me explain this to you. Paul is saying here is that if to everything that I have, everything that I've gained, if you know who Paul is, he's a Pharisee, he's well educated, he's, he's um, a high status in society during that time, he's well respected, he has power and authority. And then when he met Christ, everything changed. Suddenly his status no longer worth anything anymore. All his knowledge don't worth anything anymore. What his experience, everything don't worth much to knowing Christ. And you see in many other verses they talk about your Christ, I mean so your identity is in Christ, not in your job. Now, of course, God gives you certain gifts, and uh, if God gives you a specific gift and you work in it, yes, that's what God called you to do. But there is a difference between God calling you to do something and God making you, making that your identity. I have known, um, I have a friend, he's a young guy in, in, in college, and uh, his dream was to be a nurse, and he pursued nurse rigorously, like, like very disciplined and, and all that. He works hard, he talks about it, and he comes to church and uh, uh, he talks about so much of it. But the problem is this, is that I don't think he's in him for that. I don't think that he'll be good for that. And so so he, he continues to know, I want to be a nurse, this is something I'm passionate about, and I feel like God has given me the knowledge and all this. I'm saying, so to me, I'm thinking knowledge is just not enough. Something that's not enough. So he went through the nursing course, and failed twice. He failed once, and after a year, he got back in, appealed again, and got back again. After the, 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 the second year, he failed again. And then he stood back and said, I hate what's happening to me. I hate God. I hate all of this. And then he got out of the church, and people were telling him, you know, in the first place, you were not meant for this. And he didn't take that well, because he said, I have nothing else. I have nothing else. And so he stood out and got out and, and just left the church. I have another friend of mine uh, who is uh, very close to me. It's not a friend, it's a relative of mine. Um, her vocation, now vocation doesn't just limit to jobs. Vocation can limit, because you can also be involved with, if you're a student, that's your vocation. Or if you are a parent, raising kids is your vocation too. And so for her, her vocation was this, her dream was this, was that I want to be a great wife and a great mother. And when she got that, she was happy for the first five years of her marriage until later on she discovered there was infidelity happening. And she broke down and she hated God and she found that life was meaningless and she's hating this and hating that, hating her husband, hating all of those things. I said, I can't be myself. I said, Go to God. You need God. Yeah, but I, I don't think God is helping me right now. I can't see why he did it. Is he punishing me for this? Is he making this hard for me? Why is he doing this to me? And I told her this. Your vo- your, 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 a wife is not your, your vocation. It's not your identity. Your job is not your identity. If you're called by God, uh, your calling... Let me, let me explain, your calling is very different. 
Christian circle, your primary calling is this. I'm called to be a Christ follower. I'm called to be a child of God. That's your identity. Your secondary calling is whatever else you do. I would say the same thing for me. I am a Christian. I want, I'm a Christian who follows Christ and do my best to be a Christ follower. My secondary uh, calling is to be I am a Christian first who so happens to be this. You are a Christian first who so happens to do that. That's your prime point. That's your identity. Because with that, nothing else can change you. Your job cannot change you. We all go through difficulty in jobs. Some of us have lost jobs, changed jobs, changed careers, different whole other things. And that should not define you as your identity. But you keep searching for that, keep pushing for that. Your identity is in Christ. Christ alone, and God can change. God can give skills to you. God can take skills away. God can change those things about your life if you depend on your identity, on your career, your vocation. I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of sad. Because this world, nothing stays the same. Bad things happen all the time. If you feel whole just because of your vocation alone, God can change things. The rich man came to Jesus, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? He said, give all away, do all this. He said, the reason he couldn't give his money away, because that's his identity. Whatever it is, whatever job it is that he does, he couldn't get that. Because God asked him him to give all away and then come follow me. Just changing his lifestyle, changing whatever work that he was doing, and he couldn't. And, And God was like, that's your identity, I'm sorry. Okay, so first thing, there's no sacred and secular, it's all sacred. Second thing, it doesn't define your identity. Third thing, work isn't just monetary security. As simple as it is, work is not just about money. Yes, there is money, yes, yes, there's a need to work to, to, to provide, but there is a line Provide for yourself, provide for your family, and then that lost, I mean, the line crossed to excessive money. And let me tell you this it's very deceiving. You start, uh, oh, I, uh, I make this amount a year. I'm good. Next year I got a promotion. Let me change to a better car. It's more comfortable. Next year I think we have more of this. Let me get something else bigger and bigger. Now, there is reason for that. There's, there's understanding and argument for that. But sometimes we don't know that we are making reasons to expand and more money and more this. And then now I realize, man, I have to pay for this subscription. I have to pay for this subscription. Like, when did you have that in the first place when you started? We add more things we, we, that we seem to think that we require and add on. You look at some of these verses. Uh, Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. Have you heard of that before? No one can serve that. You cross the line. The Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about Mark 4, the seed that fell on thorns, choked and unfruitful. You know the, the sowing of the seed? And then they, they fall on the thorns, 
that thorn can remind me. And because I, I went through the, 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 the whole cycle that I can make money here, and then I kept going at it. Matthew 9, rich man and cannot enter the, into the kingdom of heaven. That's what I'm talking about. But a camel can go to an eye of the window. It's tempting for a rich man to find himself in that middle of possessions and his wealth and all that. Matthew 6, don't store ugly treasures where it can be destroyed and be stolen by store in heaven. God gives fair warning in many ways. And the one I actually didn't include here is this. The love of money is the root of all things. So work itself cannot be just monetary security. And we understand this. You want money, you need money. God knows that. God will provide. However much it is, it is God will provide. If you go work just for that alone, um, you're going to get very easily sidetracked and distracted by it. Fourth thing. Work shouldn't cause busyness. Um, let's look at Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we also have a large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Let me explain this. This race that we are running, is basically that whatever it is, Paul describes it, whatever it is that I'm running towards is basically the race of doing what God calls us to do. Doing the will of God. Leaving your primary calling as a Christian before anything else. That's your primary race. But here's two things. So, let us lay aside every way, first thing, and the sin that so easily ensnares us. There are two things here we have to Let's look at sin. Sin is obvious. The Bible says don't sin. We don't do that. We avoid all of that. But then here adds another thing. Weight or any burden or anything that seems to prevent you. That might be a good thing. The Bible says a lot of things are permissible, but not everything is right. So, um, I don't know it's a bad example, but uh, I have a friend who, she is a health nut. She loves going to the gym and play sports and eat healthily and do this and she's involved with this competition and that competition and that competition uh, and very healthy and said you need to be and so sometimes I can see her her eyes on me and see you're unhealthy and unfit and, and I feel conscious about herself and that she is that person. Now one of the things was this uh, this was a, an old church that I was with. She was also an, a guitarist. She plays guitar for the worship team. On the schedule, all year round, there are two guitarists, me and her. All year round, I play 80% of the time. She only plays 20%. And when I found out later that the reason why I took so much because she's on Sunday, she has competitions and games to go for. Is keeping healthy good? Is eating healthy good? Absolutely. But when eating healthy and doing all this and the excessive of this takes you away from running that race, you have to think twice about letting that go or make some changes. But this is work. This is vocation. The issue here is people 
falling into the trap of being a workaholic. Uh, when you don't need to work extra hours, don't. Uh, you may be passionate about it, but you have to understand because that's not your main calling. You need to take time away and spend time with church, with people you need to love on, and all those things. Workaholicism, is that what I'm saying? Being overworked uh, uh, is, is a danger and it shouldn't take everything away from you. Which leads me to uh, the next point. Your work, your vocation shouldn't keep you from Sabbath. What is Sabbath? The, the, the basic thing we think about is Sabbath is uh, on Sunday or one day, I will take rest. That is just the basic basis of what Sabbath is. Let's look at um, uh, Mark. Then he told them the Sabbath was made for man and man, not man, for the Sabbath. Let me explain this. Because we tend to think that God created uh, the earth in six days and rested on seven and then in the, the Ten Commandments God asked us to obey the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath holy and then we go all the way fast forward to Jesus' time and Jesus healed people and did all those things and then you have the religious leader say, hey you are violating the Sabbath you're not resting so the first thing is this Sabbath is not just resting it is, but it's not resting alone Jesus did all those things, healing, helping, is because he believes that Sabbath doesn't just talk about not doing anything, but being, very precisely, being what God calls us to do. It goes back to that first thing, my first calling. But its essence of it is this, that when Sabbath was made for man, Sabbath, let's just put there, Sabbath as in God. Replace the word Sabbath with God. God, that the Sabbath were made for man, is in the sense that man needs God. Man needs that rest. Man needs that uh, realignment, that refreshment, that, that focus back on God. Not because, not the other way around. So I have people who say, okay, um, I work six days a week. And then on Sunday, I go to church in the morning, but you know what? I, I'm free during the evening. Let me go pick up some, some more work. The idea of, of thinking that you can do all those things is the idea is the fact that I, I, I'm full, I, I'm not tired, I don't mind doing this, and you go into it. The idea is not whether you're tired. The idea is how much do you put yourself into the place where like, I need God. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm putting things aside and say, this is me with God. This is my time with God. This is the day where I do something for God to worship God. But I don't want anything else come in my way. Yeah, I have time to do my stuff, my work, but I'm putting it aside as a sign of reverence. If, 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 if sometimes it's a respect where, like, when your friend comes, uh, talk to you, and if you, if you talk on the phone with a friend and you talk for, uh, for a long time, and then you're talking to them, and then you hear them at the back of the phone, like, you steal water, and you're washing dishes and doing something else, how many, how many of you do you feel when you're talking to somebody serious? It feels disrespectful. 
you feel bad before, you're talking on the phone, you're seeing something serious, and you're doing something, what are you doing? Oh, no, 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 I'm speaking, I'm, I just need to wash my hands. Or, or one of the other things, oh, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> how disrespectful that is. Tell the person, don't worry, I'm still listening to you, I'm listening to you, I'm listening to you, I'm listening to you. Just go ahead, just But it's different. It's no different from God when He's like, yeah, I want this day. And then all you do is you're doing those other things. You don't find the need, you don't find that attention. So busyness, overly busy, your, your vocation consumes you so much, you cannot find yourself obeying or observing the Sabbath. Okay, so five things. There's no sacred and secular at all. Sacred, uh, it shouldn't define your identity. It shouldn't be just monetary security. It shouldn't cause you busyness that you cannot observe the Sabbath. These are the things that you should not. The work or your vocation should not. Let me move on to the next thing. What your vocation is and what your vocation should be. Okay? First things first. First things first. 1 Corinthians 4. A person should consider us in this way, as servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries in this regard. It is expected of managers that each of one of them be found faithful. Servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. Whatever it is that you're called to do, the last part here says, it's expected of managers that each one of them to be found faithful. Faithful. The word here is faithful. Let's go to Matthew 25. This master said to him, this is this story here is the, the parable of the, the, the talents that the master gave talents and the last servant didn't invest it properly or didn't use it wisely. But to the one that he that uses wisely, the master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. Uh, you are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. The word here I'm trying to point out to you is this. Your, vo- your vocation, your work should be that out of stewardship. Be reminded your job that's given to you, the, the education, the classes, your degree, the, the, in the study, or even your children that's given to you, all of this are meant as a form of stewardship. You are asked to be faithful to do well in your job, to be faithful to do well in your studies, to do well in relationships, to do well Whatever it is that you're doing, your vocation, you're asked to do well in it. It's a, a form of stewardship. You don't own it. You don't have mastery over it like, I own this, this is who I am. God gave it to you so that you can do something good with it. Second thing. Um, so, so work is our stewardship. Work or vocation is worship. Let's look at Colossians. Colossians 3. Slaves obey your human masters in everything. Do not work only while being watched in order to please men, but to work wholeheartedly fearing the law. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as someone, as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ is an act of worship. You don't do it to men, you do it to God. So more than just a stewardship, because God gives this to you, you do it wholeheartedly 
for him is an act of worship. One of the challenges is this. Um, we are all, all of our jobs are a mission field for us. You are all missionaries. There is no difference from you having your nine to five job, going there, doing whatever task you have, and then living out the best you can with your colleagues or with your clients or wherever it is that you are, with your boss. No different from a, a, a missionary who goes to a, a, a like a third world country, getting into the country, uh, and, and, and getting a job, working on a regular job, so that they can connect with the locals and spread the gospel. No different. And so it's the same here that our job is uh, a mission field, and in everything that we do is an honor and worship to, to God. And um, and some of you will find that how if you are struggling. To, to know what is it and how is the best thing to honor God with your work. Here are the, uh, a list that, that I found. Let me turn to the next slide. This are a list of many things that, that, that they are. So the first thing is this, depend on God. Just the fact that I can't deal with it. My job is hard uh, or whatever difficulty is, I need to depend on God. That's the first act of worship. Okay, you surrender yourself. Okay, integrity, this is uh, pretty obvious. Be honest and trustworthy and job. Skill, get good at what you do. That's an important thing. Okay, you, 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 it's something that you do, do it well. Do it well. It is, it's, if it's your job, do it well. If you study, study well. If you're raising kids, raising and studying, raise them well. Do the best you can. Study, uh, uh, research, grow in it, improve in it. Corporate shaping. As you have influence and opportunity shift the ethos of the workplace. Let's just say if you are a leader in your workplace, you are a manager, you are in a position to, to influence. Take that opportunity to infuse Christian values. You don't need to say things about God say this, Jesus say this, and you don't need to say that. But to do whatever God's character and values are, live it out in your workplace. If you are in a position of leadership and influence, do that. Impact, aim to aim, uh, aim to help your company to have an impact that is life enhancing and not so destroying. Do something with your, let me tell you this, uh, there's uh, an idea where, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna be here for one year, I'm gonna work here for one year, I'm just gonna endure through, do whatever, do my job and then leave. And I said, do you talk to your, your coworkers or your colleagues? So I said, no, no, I, I just don't want to invest because I'm gonna leave in a year. That's the wrong way of thinking. God put you there, make an impact. If I'm going to be there just for one month, I'm going to make sure that one month, people are going to remember who I am and my, my ethics and my beliefs. I, it doesn't matter the time. Put everything you can into it and make that impact. Love, serve others. That's it. Money. Now, let's go back to money again. Work to earn, to have, to give, and to invest in Christ the Bible says this, if you've been given much, you've got to give and bless others. That's the basis of, of what provision is. God gives you just enough, but God gives you more. If God happens to give you more, it's to be given away. Let's go back to that, that, that story where the rich man came and said, what must I do to have eternal life? He says, give your money away. 
the guide for them. I, 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 my, I, my, I believe that uh, the reason why he's rich is because he worked very hard. Some of us feel like we work so hard for something, we gain all this, I deserve to keep this. And God says, you want to follow me? And it's not follow as in trying to be, I'm asking you to, to, to be a, a missionary or a pastor, just anything to follow Christ, basically. You learn to give things away when God asks you to. If you want to work and work for money, let it be the reason. Let it be one of the reasons so that you can be able to bless someone else to give it away. Last thing, be grateful. Be grateful. Be, be, be a grateful person. If you don't know um, who is watching you, you don't know the colleagues who have their own secrets and their own struggles inside. They are paying attention to you, paying attention to your attitude, your, your ideas. Because here's the thing we know about New York City or any city for that matter that we live. We, we live in a place where we feel like we're all on our own. I have to fight for my own survival. But sometimes I wish I knew someone who's on the same boat as me, who's struggling the same way as me. And you live your life in such a way where I am grateful. I, I am grateful by the way I speak, the way I talk, the decisions I make, how generous I can be. It goes back to the money thing. Being grateful, people pick that up. People pick that up. And so you live a life in such a way, all of this, you live a life in such a way where you become uh, an honor to God, a glory to God. One, one, one thing I want to talk about all of this is this, uh, when we talk about how being a witness, being sought and life, it's more important to be than to do. What I mean by that is this, it's more important to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. I say the primary calling to be a follower of Christ than to be and try to do the things that look like a follower of Christ. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, uh, for example, I, I work in this place, and then like uh, I have this person who thinks who is looking at me and say, "Oh, I need to be patient. I need to be patient." So everything I do, I think about. I need to be patient because he's watching me right now. But what if he's not even paying attention to that? He's paying attention to something else. Be that. Be what you need to be uh, for Christ, and let everyone else see that. That's, that's your life, your primary calling. Everything will, will work itself out. Everything will flow out. If you, if you are a Christian, you are a person who wants to, to please God, to, to reach out to God, it will naturally show itself out somehow. Okay? Uh, the last thing is this. Let's look at Jeremiah. This is a, a, an interesting Build house and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives, uh, sons and daughters, take wives or sons, daughters for, for men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city I have deported you to. Praise the Lord on behalf. For when he has prosperity, you will prosper. This is the part where when the Israelites were being exiled to Babylon. And God says this. You're there now. Okay? Now, don't fight to come back. I mean, maybe there's no place for them to come back, so we are always. Don't fight to stay there, okay? Get married, find, find, find a spouse, uh, build gardens. In, in essence, it says, work there. Make 
your living there, whatever vocation that is, make your living there. What I want to draw from this is that your vocation not only affects you, it goes beyond yourself or your family. Some of us, we think, I, I, I work so that I can, it's for my own good, my satisfaction, for my provision, for myself and my family. But here God says, it's so big that it affects a whole entire nation, community, society. Your work goes beyond you. Our vocation goes beyond just ourselves. And it's much more, and God uses that, okay? So work is this. Work is a stewardship. Work is an act of worship. And work uh, is work is beyond ourselves. It big, brings bigger impact uh, more than just ourselves. Let me close with this. Um, work is joyous. Whatever you do, the job, whatever it is that God calls you to do, is joyous. It's beneficial. Uh, I'm not discounting difficult employees, difficult co-workers, difficult bosses, difficult working conditions. Despite of that, God says that work is joyous and it's beneficial. Look at Ecclesiastes. There's nothing better for men than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. It's the most carnal thing to say, okay? The most basic. Nothing more to enjoy life, enjoy what you do. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. God ordained this. Because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from Him? Make sense? Without Him, you wouldn't know how to enjoy a lot. I mean, not to say you can't enjoy Him, but to enjoy when situations are hard. Things are hard, you can still enjoy. And then he goes on to say this. Uh, for the man who is pleasing in his sight means a man who works, understanding, realizing that his calling is to work for God. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. These three things you get when you work for God, you work the way that God wants you to. But to the sinner, which means the person who takes job as just very basic, oh, it's just money, or oh, I hate my job, I'm just doing this for whatever reason, and cannot see that there's sacredness in your job, your vocation, God says, He gives a task of them gathering and accumulating in order to give to those, to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. Man! If you don't work the way God wants you to do, it's almost like your benefits all go to those who are doing meaningless to you. The whole book of Ecclesiastes talks about meaningless. It's meaningless to you. The only thing that here as, as uh, Solomon writes is the only thing you can enjoy any of what you do, your vocation, what you call is, is if you do it unto God. This, so I want to, to kind of wrap this up in the sense that there is a joy out of this. If, if Let this be a, a measuring 
uh, a ruler, so to speak. If you don't enjoy your work, there are probably two things. You're probably in the wrong calling, that, that you've gone into something that God didn't want you to go into, or you didn't live or work or do it the way that God, that, that pleases God. Okay? So, I mean, quick, quick rundown. That, that's, 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 that's a quick rundown. Your work isn't separated, sacred, secular. It's all sacred. It shouldn't define your identity. It shouldn't be just monetary security. It shouldn't cause busyness that you cannot observe the Sabbath. But work is stewardship. Work is worship to God. Work benefits and goes beyond just yourself. And the bottom line of it all, work is joyous. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for the gift of work, Lord. Even in all the way in Genesis, you, you have ordained and, 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 and gave Adam and Eve work to, to work the land and, and, and all that, Lord, you have ordained work. Father, we pray, Lord, that, that we have this attitude and perspective that's healthy the way that you want us to. Father, forgive us in many ways if we complain too much. Lord, if we find ourselves complaining, Father, lead us, give us strength. Lord, if it's not the right place to work, Father, lead us out of it. Lord, if it's something that, that, that's wrong, something that's not going right, Father, we pray that us going to you, being faithful, being, uh, 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 being good stewards, Lord, that we rely and depend on you, may that be you leading us to whatever it is that we need to do. Lord, we trust in you. We trust that, Lord, work is what you have put us to do, not because we need to fend for ourselves, because you are our provider. But Lord, you gave us work so that we can enjoy and Lord to impact whatever it is that you want us to impact with the world around us. Father, I pray, Lord, for the spirit that's within us to stir and encourage us to be better stewards, to be better workers, to be better students, to be better parents, to be better anything. If this is what you call us to do, remembering, Lord, that we are your child, that everything you 